How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are listening to The Coming Out Tapes, an audio archive of LGBT stories. I'm your host, Keris Bradley, and throughout this season I'll be talking to lots of different people from the community about lots of different things connected to coming out. Thanks for tuning in to part two of The Kids Are All White. This week's interview was with Dan Bregman, who's going to tell us about the work that he does making school more welcoming to the LGBTQ plus community. There are a couple of like hiccups at the end of the show where the cable on my microphone was a little bit dodgy. Um, so I'm sorry about that, but other than that, the quality this week is much less variable than last week. Uh, welcome to season two. I don't actually know what episode this is, so I'll have to redo the introduction. But the important information is that we are in a ludicrously nice flat and clapham i think this could be like this is the set of a tv show um this is where like a forensic scientist in silent witness lives or a murder victim um i'm glad i tidied this morning (laughs) and we just had some really tasty french pastries um and i'm here with dan bregman Am am i using your name i also should have checked this yeah, that's fine, I think. Yeah, okay, should I call you Mr. Bregman so that your no. <laughs> students can recognise you? Um, who uh, is going to be talking to us uh, about themselves, but also about uh, talking to kids about uh, coming out and that kind of thing. So, could you start off by introducing yourself to the guests? The listeners, you're the guest. Can you start by introducing yourself to the listeners? Hi, I'm Daniel, or Dan, I don't mind. Um, I'm gay, I'm a teacher of maths at a secondary school, um, and I know Keris through debating. Okay, very concise. Um, cool, and uh, why do you describe yourself as, as gay? Why did you choose that word instead of any other kind of descriptor? Um, I think 
So I'm a guy. I'm cis. I'm into men exclusively. Um, so in that sense, it's kind of the default choice. Um, the other option, I guess, would be to go with queer, uh, which I'm not opposed to. I'm happy to kind of include myself in the category of queer people, and, and I, I'd probably use it on occasion. Um, but I guess partly, partly I think that depends on context. Like a lot of the time I'm in contexts where queer like needs a bit more explanation and that kind of thing. I think also like insofar as there's other baggage or like cultural kind of context and stuff attached to the word gay, then I think I probably do identify with a lot of that, um, so in, insofar as being gay is like being in a tribe as well as like just self-describing what you're into, then I think that also is a tribe that I'm happy to belong to. And what kind of, how, how would you describe the gay tribe? Surely though it's a, it's a pride, isn't it? Um, yeah, so I've, I've got a t-shirt with some, with, with a pride of gay lions on. Have you seen that t-shirt? Yes, that's the, yeah, I, I didn't write that joke myself. That was what I was thinking of when I said um, Yeah, so tribe is maybe the wrong word in the sense of like a single tribe, but I think there is some like commonality in culture, um, even if it's like very fragmented. Um, I think I like, it's maybe important to me that I have something in common with like gay people who have come before and fought for civil rights and, and that kind of thing. Um, and also with just like cultural stuff, um, like dressing nicely and um, liking certain bits of music and partying in Soho and that kind of thing. Cool. And when did you uh, first like come out to yourself as gay? Um, so I'm not sure. I was trying to kind of think about this in in advance of this this interview. This is yeah, it an interview. This is an interview. Yeah. In advance of this interrogation, <laughs> and I think probably like early teens kind of time I definitely didn't have like a sudden moment of awakening I don't have one of these like I saw this tv show and suddenly I knew um I think it was a sort of slow process of going from like hey wouldn't it be funny if it turned out I was gay to like oh I guess I guess I probably am then um over like maybe a couple of years um but I think probably by the time I was maybe 15 I was probably pretty sure um but that's a bit of a guess do you remember the first time that you sort of said oh, I'm I'm gay like either to yourself or to someone else not really um like there must have been times because I was active on like youth LGBT forums and stuff before I came out like publicly um, and I'm sure that on those, and like they don't exist anymore, so the, you could probably archive.org them, but I doubt you'd be able to kind of find the individual posts. On those, I'm sure I like introduced myself as gay, basically. I don't think I would have been one for like, oh, I'm not really sure yet at that point. Um, but I, like, I'm not sure when I first kind of said that to myself. How did you find the forums? Um good it was it was a like looking back it, w it was kind of 
I probably quite an unusual way for like a gay teenager at that time to like or an unusual side of the LGBT like world to come into contact with. Um, so like there were basically there were two. There was like Gay Youth UK, GY UK, and Queer Youth Network, QIN. Um, and in particular, the second one, but both of them had quite a lot of trans members. Um, and also, I guess it kind of, in, to an extent, maybe came with the territory of being trans, but that meant they were kind of a lot more politically switched on. Um, so I went to London Pride when I was like 17 or so and was like in the parade with QIN, Queer Youth Network. Um, and there were like trans people my age and chants like Stonewall was a riot and LGB, where's the T and stuff like that. So I, that meant I kind of saw like political trans activism, like was one of the first bits of the, of like LGBT world. I thought that and like porn. But um, so in that in that respect, I think it was quite a, like a good way, a healthy way to come into contact with the queer world. It's uh, that is interesting. When I said, "How did you find the forums?" I did mean like literally. How did oh, you? Oh, like <laughs> Google. Um, but you don't think that they exist anymore? Um, those particular ones don't. I think I looked for QIN, and it like has like turned into some slightly other organization that kind of no longer really exists. I think like some of the same people are around, but have obviously like aged out of being queer youth. Mm. So I think it existed for a while after me, but not for that much longer. Um, so do you remember the first time that you came out to someone sort of in the, in IRL in real life? Meet space. Yeah. Oh, I, I really hate, <laughs> I hate that so much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that one I do have, like, a definite, like, coming out story. Um, so the first person I told was my mum. And basically, so I was, like, 17 at the time. And I think I'd, like, been aware that it was important to me to come out, like, to my mum before other people. I think she would have been a bit hurt if she'd kind of found out that other people had known her that she hadn't, even though, like, we're not super close. Like, we had been when I was a child, but then, like, unrelatedly, kind of, it's not like we're, like, close confidants, but it was important to me that she know, knew first. I had, like, a sort of long chat where I was kind of constantly on the precipice of coming out, bottled it a bit, um, and then sent, like, a text message from bed before I went to sleep <laughs> uh, so I came out by a text message to my mum what did the text say I think it was basically like thanks for the chat I'm gay love you good night kind of thing were you in the same were you in the house yeah just like upstairs and... yeah okay. um and then got like a nice text back in the morning or maybe at the same time knowing me I would have like then like turned the phone off in order to like not get the response immediately um and then the next day i came out to everyone else via facebook well no so like everybody socially not family wise um via facebook and this is in ye olde ancient days when facebook statuses started with your name and the word is like that was mandated um so it was basically just like daniel is gay 
Um, and this was followed up by a succession of similar statuses over like the next week. From other people? Or... From me. Ah. As in like Daniel is still gay. Just in case people thought you'd been face jacked. Yeah. So that wasn't quite as much of a thing back then. Okay. That sort of came into vogue like a year or two later. Um, but yeah. Um, and that was like, I think like the day before term started again for like the spring term. Okay. So um, I think I basically, I quite enjoyed being the center of attention for a couple of days. Nothing bad happened. I hadn't really expected anything bad to happen, but nothing bad happened. Why did you decide to do it on Facebook as opposed to in person? Um, I think like easier to sort of control how the conversation got there, I guess. Um, so what I did was a lot of like over MSN Messenger, um, like, have you seen my Facebook status? No, go look at my Facebook status. Is it true? Yes. Um, so I think part of it was just like being a bit of an obtuse teenager, but part of it was like it was a more controlled way. I don't know if I'd been, I would have been very good at like steering a conversation onto that at school and things like that yeah how many likes did you get not that many because again it was before like facebook sort of accumulated its quantity so it was like people i knew for real at school was basically the people who could see it Mm. um and liking like people didn't like everything like the way they do nowadays (laughs) and they didn't also they also didn't have all of those different oh yeah no no options for that so people couldn't like cry in response yeah um, I'm not, I think they could comment, but, um, comments couldn't have replies or anything like that. Back couldn't in the dark people. ages. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was when you, you first came out. Um, and do you, those were, yeah, so two quite, you know, positive stories. Do you have any other particularly memorable stories? Um, not really. So I've not had any, like, negative reactions, um, or at least I've never, like, been made aware of any particularly negative reactions. Um, I got my mum to handle, like, telling the rest of the family, so I never did that conversation at all, basically. Um, I just kind of heard a few messages of, like, oh, don't worry, mums, let us know, we still love you kind of things. Um, And it was very much like I just was, like out from then on I didn't really try and particularly compartmentalize um as far as I can remember so Um, you're out is there anywhere that you're not out now um not really no um there are spaces where I've like thought a bit about whether to kind of mention that I had a boyfriend and things so I work with cadets um but the kind of thing the the context I'm thinking of is when I've done like boating courses with other adults so I've been like living on a smallish motor cruiser for a couple of days with a bunch of adults and typically when I'm doing that it's like me and then a bunch of guys old enough to be my dad basically um so in those kind of contexts maybe I've been a bit hesitant about in case they push you over the boat no, just in case it's a bit awkward because we're all living and sleeping in quite a small space. Um, but I think even in those contexts, I did eventually like mention it in passing. 
Um, so that I've I've not been kind of afraid to come out or so yeah. And you're so you're a teacher now, so you're out at the school that you teach at. Yep. Um, so I've been out like kind of to colleagues since I arrived. Um, my head of department um, is a woman who's married to another woman. Um, her wife was also working at the school I'm at, um, although she's since moved to another school. Um, so I was not really coming into a department where. I had anything to fear about that. It's also, I guess, worth noting it's a really young staff body in general. So I'm out to staff and, and that's all fine. And I've brought um, the boyfriend along to staff socials and stuff like that. Students, um, I it doesn't come up. I'm not the kind of teacher who talks much about his social life with students, um, except insofar as a few two years ago um i did a big assembly for like years 10 to 13 the kind of upper half of the school for lgbt history month um and in that i came out it wasn't a the focus of the assembly the focus of the assembly was lgbt history month but at the end i kind of talked briefly about like when i came out um and i think that was i was told later by a colleague that that kind of there was a bit of like a murmur that went around the room so it did get noticed even though it was like like deliberately phrased as kind of an an impassing comment um i'm not sure how many of the students are aware it's a boys school um so if i say boys that's not like me being exclusionary (laughs) um i'm not sure how many of them are aware particularly like low down the school but i imagine like the sixth form basically all know um i've talked briefly about it with some classes and things and there's this new um, queer sock, which I'm kind of the teacher in charge of. Um, so although I haven't really talked about my personal life there, it's understood that I'm not straight. Do you have, have you had any kind of like interactions with students where you think that your relationships and your sexuality have been like a factor in the way that that's... I don't think so. I think it's the kind of thing where every teacher like will occasionally go down the corridor and you see some students further down like giggling and it's very easy to convince yourself that they're giggling because of you or because of what you did or something like that. Um, I think it's plausible that sometimes like students have like gossiped about me and laughed at me or whatever, but I it's certainly not something that's like ever been upfront or noticed by me um, and it's the kind of thing that I think if you go hunting for it you can kind of become paranoid and start seeing it everywhere in a way that's like not accurate to, to what kind of is, is really going on but I think that's a long-winded no <laughs> okay um, okay so final question uh, the best question and not at all I still, it's season two and I still haven't got a new way of phrasing this. Um, what does coming out mean to you? Um, so I, I think it's any time that you make your sexuality identifiable. Um, so I definitely think I still come out to people all the time. Um, when I mention my boyfriend or mention coming out or mention going to Pride or whatever else. Um, I don't think it has to be this 
some kind of unitary conversation. Um, and I have a bit of a difference of opinion with the boyfriend on whether coming out should become obsolete. I don't know if that kind of counts as an answer to your question, but I, I think it's probably always going to be a thing because... And I and I think it's like valuable to have an opportunity to kind of make clear part of your identity to other people. Um, so even though I definitely wouldn't wish like a bad response on anybody, um, I think it is like I enjoy coming out most pretty much all the time. Um, I enjoy reminding the world that I have a boyfriend, and um, it's something that I quite like about myself. Um, so I think it's it can be different things to different people but the boyfriend thinks that it's just gonna not become a thing that you have to do or or the like it should become a thing that people don't have to do um like in the same way that straight people don't come out um even like i don't think a straight person mentioning their like girlfriend counts as them coming out um so the boyfriend feels like that should be the case for queer people as well. But I don't think that will ever be the case, and I'm not sure it should. I don't know if I have, like, a seven-minute argumentative speech in favour of that position. Oh, debating joke. I think (laughs) that I have two listeners who are debaters, so (laughs) I'm not going to appreciate that one comment. And I'm not going to explain it to the rest of them. Do you think that um, if you had had negative uh, reactions to you coming out, you would feel differently about whether or not it should be obsolete um i think it would depend on what they had been or what they were so i'm very lucky that i've basically like never really come across like homophobia that has like hit me hard um like i've never had anything from anybody i like cared about or knew um, that qualifies as homophobic um, so it's it's quite a hard one for me to, to like imagine myself into um, I think it probably would make me feel different yeah, yeah. Mm. I get like mostly positive reactions but I talk to a lot of people who just feel really tired with the fact that they have to do it all the time do you think that you ever get tired of it or do you only really ever come out in kind of a this is coming up in conversation and I'm talking about my boyfriend in a or I'm wearing this particular item of clothing kind of way um yeah I think like I can imagine I don't know maybe I'm sort of making assumptions there but I can imagine it's maybe a lot more tiring coming out and having to kind of explain your sexuality or gender identity whereas like standard issue gay cis man people have mostly got their heads around now um so in that sense i think it's not like a long effortful conversation um most of the time as you say it's coming up in like passing there's also the really funny coming out conversation to watch which is two gay men like racing to be to like make clear to the other one that they're gay (laughs) so they'll be like oh what a lovely tree over there i saw a tree when i went to london pride which i do every year (laughs) Um, that's a really funny conversation. To I've watch. not observed this phenomena. Oh no, you need to watch more like gay baby men girls from behind the yeah, gay men flirting at parties. Okay, okay, uh, what a wonderful image to end on. 
Um, okay. So, part of the reason why interviewing Dan is obviously very interesting person and did a good interview um but also because you have produced um a document for teaching lgbt history month in schools is that the right um so i i never got a great title for it i think its current title is sort of like integrating lgbt history into like teaching with the the like yeah um so if i said as it were instead of like i would just sound posh rather than incoherent (laughs) Speech fillers are are normal. Yes, but I don't normally type them. Um, So it's basically a section for each subject that the school I work at teaches, um, which means it does miss out some subjects like media studies and things like that that other schools might teach. But presumably has some subjects that most schools don't teach. Um, Yeah, potentially. So it has a theology and philosophy, which is my school's name for basically re although there it has more of a philosophical bent lower down the school than it would at some places um it has classics which some schools unfortunately don't teach um on the whole i think those are probably the only kind of more unusual things um economics i don't know how many schools do economics and things like that i think my school started teaching economics when i got to sixth form i'd have thought so it's a pretty popular subject um, I mean, it takes attention away from important subjects, but... And most universities don't actually want you to do it if yeah. you're going to go on to study economics. If you're a kid and you're listening to this, study maths. And Latin. Okay. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, so there's a section for each um, subject. Um, and then within that, there's a couple of bullet points of either topics you might look at or kind of ways you might be a bit more inclusive um, with the aim of kind of giving teachers who wanted to do something because February is LGBT history month in the UK, um, a kind of a way into doing that. Um, I will admit that some subjects were easier to find bullet points for than others. Um, so there's, um, and, and, and actually perversely that has manifested in the fact that like the English literature section is really short because any every teacher of English literature that I know could like easily rattle off tons and tons of ways to like talk about queer issues and and literature that they could study um there I think it's also a bit biased as to my personal interests but um there's at least something for every subject which was good in the end so uh when you say kind of like you have these bullet points so is that so for example something like chemistry is that picking out scientists that you know are LGBT so that they can be mentioned in class? So I think science has actually ended up being the hardest. So I think I amalgamated them all into like a science section. Um, there's a both kind... So there's um, some famous scientists, kind of famous people in that field. Um, I kind of personally feel like sometimes that's a bit overdone. Um, so I didn't want the list to become dominated by famous LGBT scientists, although I think I did put a couple on the list. Um, And then just the aim of suggesting ways that LGBT issues could be relevant. Um, So I think for the science section, it did end up basically just saying like biology, talking about like current scientific consensus and understanding as to like the origins of sexuality and gender and like 
they're kind of physical correlates. Is that the word? I think so. Um, I'm not sure I managed to find anything else in science, to be honest. Um, but the intention was to kind of have topics that um, kind of relate to LGBT issues rather than just kind of unsung LGBT scientists and other academics and experts. And how did you kind of see the uh, document being used? Um, so I sent it out as an all-teaching staff email. I got a bit of feedback, not tons, from colleagues. Um, I haven't kind of particularly undertaken to see how much it got used. Um, I did ask a few of the sick formers at Queersock, and they were not aware that this had been a thing. <laughs> but on the other hand, like, you wouldn't necessarily expect students to be aware and also like they're all sick formers who are doing not very many subjects quite close to exams so um mm. I w i'm hopeful that that doesn't mean that like it got binned by everybody although realistically like if i got an email with a bunch of suggestions for things to include in my teaching i'm not sure i would make a difference um i don't think i did anything lgbt related in february in my own maths lessons oh, so no. i'm not a, other than like being gay and <laughs> being a good teacher i hope um, so yeah i didn't practice what i preached you didn't have a, a an lgbt mathematician of the week oh this time it's mr Bregman. and this time it's cheering again <laughs> um no i didn't um and this time it's our head of apartment um no i'm not sure she's out to the students so i wouldn't have done that if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba. 
um what uh what why did you put the document together in the first place um, if you weren't even gonna use it so i was i wanted to make this year's lgbt history month feel a bit more substantial um that also meant i kind of organized a few talks and things like that um from staff members and did an assembly um and this was an idea that came to me that seemed like it would be a sensible thing to do um and wasn't too much effort to put together in the end i kind of put it together piece by piece kind of of things as i thought of them rather than sitting down and spending a day making the list um and what do you think is the kind of like value for having um lgbt content specifically integrated like into lessons um i think number one like it's important stuff to know about um i think there's kind of interesting pieces of knowledge and history and culture in there um i think it's also valuable to hear it coming from straight teachers from everybody kind of partly in the sense of like a united front and partly in the sense that like um i think it kind of normalizes talking about lgbt issues if you can have a class talking about in like business studies about how Subaru like marketed to lesbians um, which is there's an interesting article about it and that was one of the bullet points um, then I think it's probably valuable to both LGBT and non-LGBT kids in that class to kind of hear that and hear like lesbians being discussed as a group that really exists in society and has purchasing power and that kind of thing i think it's valuable to hear stuff that's not just stories of oppression and struggles for civil liberties and that kind of thing and you've started like a a queer group as well at your school yep did you start that this year for history month or yeah so i started that this year um what so I think the reason it hadn't existed before is that people in senior management had certainly felt like it would be good if such a group existed, um, but there was definitely a feeling that it would be better if it came from the boys themselves. Um, so I think what the kind of situation prior to this year had just been like, let's hope that they self-organize. Um, and alas, while the students at my school have many strengths, um, I, I wouldn't trust them to organize a piss up in a brewery. Um, so that hadn't happened. Um, so, and, and there was also a feeling that if you try and do something like that top down, then it potentially like feels a bit awkward, like not in the sense of like feels wrong, but like, I think there was, there was a bit of a sense that maybe it would feel a bit sort of, it would be difficult to, to manage in some way. Um, basically I got a bit bored of that. And, and those were also my own thoughts as well. I'm not, this isn't a story of like me fighting against the establishment. Um, but I decided that that argument was basically just leaving us with no progress. Um, so picked a day, picked a room, um, and then advertised this. Um, so it was kind of up on the projector screen when I did um, a big assembly to years 10 to 13, and then sent kind of announcements around um, to the boys through their form tutors um and had really big turnout on the first week 
Um, so there was this kind of first session that had probably like between 20 and 30. Um, and between 20 and 30 from a surprisingly wide range of years. Um, but I think that was artificially inflated by people just coming to see what the fuss was about. Um, and just like being a bit curious as to what this group was. Since then, it's been just sick formers um, with kind of numbers between maybe like five and 12 or something or so. Um, so numbers have died down a bit, but I'm hopeful that they will kind of stay constantish and build up a little bit. Are all of the people who come to the group, like is it meant to be for people who are LGBT or curious or do you get um so i've deliberately not asked um i haven't yet done the like okay let's introduce ourselves name pronoun whatever you feel comfortable sharing um even though the inner gossip in me like really very much wants to know um part of the gay tribe yeah exactly um some of them have like talked about being out in passing certainly quite a few of them have been to like brighton pride in the past um and i think london pride as well so I think the majority of the kind of regulars um, are gay or bi, um, but I haven't done a kind of audit. In terms of advertising, um, I think the kind of standard notice that goes out says something like, open to anyone regardless of gender or gender identity or sexuality. Um, there's always a difficulty, I think, in these kind of things, getting a balance between being open and like also providing a space where people can be out i i'm not sure if it's just like snobbiness against americanish things but i feel like I, I wouldn't necessarily want it to be like a gay straight alliance kind of thing um i don't know if i have like a well thought out reason why but i think like I, i'd rather it be a kind of uni-esque lgbt society but without the like inter-university society romance um, than it be like a gay-straight alliance of students kind of talking about, well, I don't know. Mm. I, yeah, I, the, my only um, sort of experience of gay-straight alliances is in like teen movies. So I can't imagine they're a particularly accurate representation of what those groups are, but they never come across very well. Yeah, I, I guess I, I also feel like like surely like nobody believes people when they say oh i'm just going there to be an ally right mm. um unless i guess they're like very if they have like a gay sibling yeah i guess um or kind of some kind of upfront reason to like for people to really believe them um and at that point surely it makes it like it's not any easier just because you can like say i'm an ally if if you're not out I don't, I don't know if it makes it much easier to show up, but I don't know. Maybe I hope we're not being very exclusionary. It's certainly something I'm kind of thinking about how to like make sure that people don't feel too nervous to come. You said that you did the original assembly for years 10 to 13. So that's what, 14 to 18? Uh, yeah, basically. Um, and did you choose that age group? Like specifically, is it open to younger years as well? Or? Um, so the group... I think we've advertised it like the standard notices go out year nine and above. Um, but I, it doesn't have like a kind of formal list of ages that it's open to. Um, 
I, I mean, I think as with anything at a school, it's very difficult to write, to like operate something that has both interest for like 17, 18 year olds and for like 12, 13 year olds. Um, so yeah, sort of TBC, how it evolves in that kind of direction. And what do you actually do in the groups? Um, so far, not a great deal. Um, the first couple of sessions were me trying to get them to like intelligently think of a name for the group and them. <laughs> and they've done despite... with Queer Sock. Well, so I gave them a couple of suggestions. That was one of them. Um, they kind of liked that. Um, while they are very mature and sensitive boys in at some, some of the time, um, when directly asked to come up with a name, they didn't really get past the phase of like things with acronyms that make rude words. Um, so a lot of stuff got vetoed there. Um, queer sock is what it's ended up being. I did have a bit of kickbacks, not quite the right word, but a bit of, um, uncertainty from higher up in the school about whether it was a bit too sort of provocative a name. Um, I'm not like, I, I didn't have a better name to go with. Um, there's a school nearby that has a pride sock, which I think is a great name, but if we copied them, then at some point we'd inevitably like go to an event together and they'd be like, why did you copy our name? Um, so they took that and I didn't have anything better. I think LGBTQ sock is a bit too wordy or too lettery. Also doesn't include a lot of the identities that the kids have these days. Yeah. Um, so I've gone with queer sock and I'm prepared to like fire back lots of polite emails to people who are a bit concerned about the name as and when. What was the best rude acronym? I'm not sure. I think there was something that was like F-A-G. And... That was, yeah, that was going to be my guess. Um, I can't remember. There were, there were no, none, of the, none of the rude acronyms were that good, like funny. What does the, um, what letter does the name of your school belong uh, begin with? W. W, okay. There's a lot of W schools. So that does very little to pinpoint me. I just was trying to work out like what the F could stand for in that acronym. Um, okay, so you came up with a name and that was a torturous process. Yep. Um, the ha otherwise, um, it's been a bit of like some kind of semi-structured discussions. So there have been some sessions where like a lot of the bunch of upper sixth who like to debate big issues in the way that teenage boys like to do sometimes um have come round so they talked about like um kind of like edu like including lgbt things in education sort of look because that loosely inspired by the all the birmingham school stuff mm. um although they weren't super clued up on like the details of the actual story um so there was a bit of that um talked a bit about pride parades um so we now have confirmed a section for the school in this year's london pride which is quite exciting um so look out for us there if season two episode airs before before it, july it's unlikely to okay well look <laughs> out for us in schedule. your memories um, um but i uh coming out tapes will be there with with microphones so maybe we'll see you in the parade. yeah definitely wave at us I want as many people as possible to like 
wave at me personally <laughs> in order to give the students the impression that I like know everybody in London because <laughs> uh, this happened for my debaters I took them to competitions and like was greeted by hugs from like the tab teams and CAs and stuff and they're like do you know everybody sir um, so I want this to happen for like London queer community as well okay um, so is it going to be so it's going to be you some kids are there going to be other teachers there as well um yeah so at least one other teacher um but hopefully a couple more um i'll send an email out basically um and i know there's a school nearby that has sent um a group to pride for the last couple of years and one of my colleagues used to work at that school so i know that she kind of i think misses being at pride with with her kids from that group although she isn't um queer as far as i'm aware um so hopefully it'll be a nice bunch. I'm not really sure what to expect, but it should be good, I hope. I would find it very stressful taking children to... Um, I'm going to be very strict on the, like, at the end of the parade, please vanish. You are no longer my responsibility. Take off your school-branded T-shirts if you're about to go and get drunk and do inappropriate things. And at that point, I will close my eyes and run away. Yeah, I was there interviewing people for the the podcast last year and we did see a lot of young people. <laughs> it was very hard for me to be like, how old are you and what is in that bottle? Yeah. Because I obviously have, you know... But you see so many kids at Pride now, it's really lovely. It is, it's great. I saw... So last year I went to Pride to do recording for the podcast and I was really... I was kind of a bit grumpy about it and I was quite sceptical because um, I hadn't gone to Pride the year before and I'm very like, oh, it's too corporate and there are all these problems. And then I got on the tube to go to Pride and there was this kid who was head-to-toe rainbow gear. They had, like, rainbow knee socks and they were covered in rainbow glitter and they, like, had properly gone to town with their mum who had put on, like, a little bit of rainbow glitter, <laughs> like, on their cheeks to, you know, be part of the unified group. And I saw, like, a lot of kids there who were like fully expressing themselves in their like outfits and things with you, you know pretty conventional looking parents carrying their their bag with all of their like spare makeup and trying to put sun cream on them and things and oh, it was just that's really cute really yeah. nice yeah i went i missed the parade last year i think i sort of didn't have a group to go with and then i made it into london a bit too late mm. um the year before i was with a friend who was proposing to her now fiancé. I saw you at the parade the year before. Yes. Because I went with another guest from season one, and that was my first Pride parade. I was there with my partner and a friend, and we found this person that we interviewed for season one, and the first thing that they did was give us both uh, like a bottle of Coke, which had been topped off with vodka. And we were like, oh shit, we didn't bring any alcohol. <laughs> we were so badly prepared for this. Well, I was, I was there with this friend who was proposing, and she didn't know, she she knew like which group her girlfriend was after, but not where they were in the kind of overall scheme of the parade. So we were there for at least an hour and a half. Mm. My friend like getting more and more <laughs> and more nervous next to these railings. Um, and then she like went over the railings and the leader of the group her girlfriend was in was aware that this was going to happen. Um, but the girlfriend was not. And then she proposed and it was super emotional and it was very, I, very lovely. I saw the video on like, yeah. one of the social medias. Yeah, it blew up for a little bit. And then yeah. we saw you in the pub. Yes. 
when they were showing also the it was such a weird pride because it was the time that the European football yeah and so every pub was packed not with LGBT people with football fans and so it was like a nice was it nice no it was really <laughs> horrible um I made lots and lots of biscuits with pride flags on them, uh, which is fun. Anyway, uh, it's reminiscing, which probably. And the thing. So, um, we'll put a link to your document on the website. Uh, and is there anything else that. Any other resources? Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there on the internet, but Google no. it. Not okay. from me. Okay, great. Uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, would you like to say goodbye? Would you like to say hello to anyone? Do you have uh, anything we need to plug? Um, if anybody fancies doing an adoring profile of me for being a teacher who's out in the way that like certain people, maybe one each year, gets picked and is suddenly <laughs> on the front page of their local newspaper, then get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. yes. Um, uh, we'll we'll link to your Twitter so that people can find you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Coming Out Tapes. I have been your host, Karis Bradley, and I would like to say thanks to Scary Boots for the artwork, which is available to purchase on Redbubble, Michaela Moody for the music, and Alex Lathbridge of the Smart Material Collective for his support of the project. If you want to get involved, please tweet at us, as we'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, and questions. If you liked this episode, subscribe and leave us a review, or recommend us to a friend, because it makes a big difference. like to look five years younger. In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.